Happy New Year to everyone on the Innovation Show. I just wanted to do something a little bit different for the new year. I'm always trying to push the boundaries from a personal health perspective because we live in this knowledge economy and anything you do to your body affects your mind, including things like attention spans, etc., etc. There's a few devices that I've been intrigued by and I'm going to use in 2024. And I've invited each of the founders, our CEOs of those devices to join us. The first is a device called True Vega, which stimulates the vagus nerve. And I'll let that episode do the talking. The second then is a device that impacts the frequencies. So you listen to certain frequencies. You can listen to them for anxiety. You can listen to them for attention spans. You can listen to them for sickness, whatever it might be. And then the last is a device that helps with digestive tract issues. And these are all devices I'm going to use myself as a guinea pig in 2024. And I'm putting it out there, so I have to use them now. Again, I want to make sure that everybody knows I'm not paid by any of these people. I'm not an influencer, if you want to call it that. I'm not getting any kind of kickback in any way. I'm just interested in these devices. and I'm curious, and I thought I'd share that with you. If this isn't for you, skip it. Don't listen to the episode. But if it is and you're intrigued, watch away, listen away, and Happy New Year. Chances are you've heard of the vagus nerve. I heard of it probably because of people like Wim Hof who made it famous through having cold showers, cold immersion therapy. But our guest today has been at the game for 20 years and been trying to find a way to biohack, to hack the system. And he's with us today to tell us about a device that he has invented. Peter Stotz, you're very welcome. Well, thank you so much. It's truly an honor to be here. Listen to a bunch of your shows and it's really uh, just a great honor. Thank you. Good to be with you. And, and I was telling you, Offer, this is not something I usually do. And I'm curious, any way to hack the system, any way to become more cognitively astute, to be able to hack my own bodily system, to be able to prepare for longer life, to over 100, all going well. Uh, that's what it's about. So I thought we'd start first with the idea of where it came from, because I found this interesting because I have the, the same affliction as you had had, and you looked for a solution. Yeah, no, so look, my, my background is I was a, a pain physician uh, working at Johns Hopkins University, where I had started the Division of Pain Medicine. And my interest and passion was on the use of electricity to control pain and other diseases. Um, and unfortunately, my son had peanut allergies, and the only treatment at that time was epinephrine pens. And I was really thinking that what about what closes down the airways, which is what kills the kids. And it's the lungs get closed down and they're controlled by something. And what that something is wasn't known. And we went to the lab and we figured out that the lungs are controlled in part by the vagus nerve. And if we stimulate the vagus nerve at a very set frequency, we could bronchodilate and open the lungs back up. And so it was a very personal journey for me uh, in getting started for this, uh, marrying my interest in electricity and medicine with my own son who had peanut allergies. And then it's really spiderwebbed out from there to understand what the vagus nerve does and how to biohack the vagus nerve to optimize health, wellness, and as you say, potentially longevity. 
the first time I heard about the vagus nerve was actually Deepak Chopra. He was a proponent of understanding the vagus nerve and stimulating the vagus nerve for health, but also for more positive mental attitude. And that's where I first heard about it. And then it was compounded again later on by cold water therapy, cold water immersion by people like Wim Hof, like I mentioned. So I thought it'd be useful to explain to our audience what the vagus nerve is and what it, what function it has in the body that we know because it has multiple. Yeah, no, so it's not surprising that most people don't really know deeply about the vagus nerve. When I was a anesthesiologist, uh, well, pretty well trained, I would place central lines in the neck to try to help people live through an operation. And what I knew about the vagus nerve at that time was don't touch it, don't hit it. But I didn't really have the deep sense of what it does and what it controls. Um, we all kind of think about vasovagal and your heart slowing down. But the vagus nerve is truly a remarkable nerve. It is, in fact, the mind-body interface. We hear use that term somewhat colloquially all the time. But the way the mind connects with the body is through the vagus nerve, largely. The vagus nerve controls cardiac, pulmonary, the gastrointestinal tract, it controls inflammation down into the, into the, um, throughout the systemic organization. It controls diabetes and glucose control. So that is the efferent component of the vagus nerve. And that just means the brain tells the body what to do. But the body also tells the brain about the status of the organism. And there's a lot of information coming into the brain, and the brain then um, processes that and can modulate its own function. And we've been looking at diseases such as Parkinson's disease and anxiety and depression, um, uh, primary headache disorders. All of these have been shown to be modified by vagus nerve stimulation. That piece about the brain and the the, the sensors feeding the brain with information. I, I often find that so interesting. I read a book by David Eagleman, and he was saying that the brain, if you think about it, has never seen the world. It's got these sensors, which are your eyes and your your senses, your hearing, your taste, etc. But also even how your feet touch the ground, how your nerves are essentially giving information back. And it, and it, it mirrors for me what a large organization is, that sometimes the C-suite have never any experience with their customers, the more older that organization becomes. And that's the same for the brain, the organism. And I think about that as a metaphor for what goes on here. But if you can hack the system, like this is the whole idea, and you can feed information through a nerve to actually take the, tell the brain that we're, we're calm, we're relaxed, we're safe, then the brain will actually release different types of neurochemicals, etc. I, I find that piece fascinating, and I'd love to help our audience understand that because for me, that's what biohacking is. It's it's flipping the model where your brain's not totally in control, but actually you're giving sensations and information back that in turn then flip the, the model and tell your brain how to behave. Yeah, no, I think that's entirely correct. And, you know, I, I'm struck by a quote from Albert Einstein. In 1934, he gave a presentation at the University of Pittsburgh. And he said, the future physician will understand the chemical and the physical nature of the body and be able to interact with it. And what he meant by the physical was the electrical side. I had a few years back came up with the concept of the, uh, you know, the body is a chemical 
electrical being. But unfortunately, uh, Albert Einstein came up with the same idea about 100 years before me here. Uh, but, um, you know, so, so one of the things that's important here is that your body has what's called an autonomic nervous system. The autonomic nervous system is made up of both the sympathetic, the fight or flight response, and the parasympathetic, the rest, relaxation, and recovery system. It's important to have a fight or flight system. If you see a, you know, historically, if you were to see a saber-toothed tiger, you want to run away, uh, you know, to transmit all of your energy to saving your life. But that's not a healthy way to be throughout all your life. And that's where we are today. That's where the vagus nerve and the parasympathetic nervous system comes in. We need to figure out a way of optimizing that. And you've talked about William uh, Hoff, who, who came up with some concepts around that. Meditation is another concept. Deep breathing, yoga are all ways of optimizing the parasympathetic nervous system. And then the concept that you just discussed is we're now using electricity to biohack into the system and really, uh, you know, I'll say put on steroids what we are trying to do normally naturally with the use of electricity. So let's tell our audience about your invention here. So the iterations that you had to get to it, because I think that's often interesting when we talk about innovation. Normally on the show, as I mentioned, we focus on corporate innovation or people trying to drive change from within incumbent organizations or else perhaps a startup. But essentially that's what how you would have had to start as a uh, an outthinker, as Kayan Kribendorf, our previous guest, would have said, or a, a, somebody going against the grain. And I'm sure you had many challenges in getting there yourself. Yeah. Well, look, I want to be very clear. It wasn't me who did it. There was a group of people who did this. We have, I think, close to 250 patents on this right now. I was part of some of them, but we had a lot of really brilliant people who are working on uh, this project uh, all, all along the way, J.P. Errico, Bruce Simon, John Gardner, a lot of really, really smart people along the way. And I was just a piece of the puzzle here. Um, it, you know, and there were a lot of significant innovations that occurred. Vegas nerve stimulation has been around for, you know, quite some time. It was approved as an implanted device in 1997. And I was, a, you know, functioning as a surgeon, implanting devices on, on people but it became clear to me that one of the clear uh, innovations that we had was we were taking surgery out of the hands of the surgeon and putting it into the patient as uh, we could potentially use a device that's handheld without surgery to do the same thing that we had to do with surgery. And that really is an innovative approach. And unfortunately, um, uh, healthcare systems take a little time to catch up with that. You know, uh, a device that costs $50,000 that we can now put in the hands of a patient uh, needs to get paid for as well. But some of the healthcare systems uh, take a little time in getting there. They'll get there, but they take a little time. We, uh, we did a case study on Clayton Christensen, the father of the term disruptive innovation. And one of his famous case studies was on a product called Sonosite. And Sonosite was this handheld ultrasound product its predecessor was a massive big machine. Do you remember those machines that used to be in physiotherapists, et cetera? And the owner of the business couldn't understand why there was no sales of this revolutionary product, kind of like the True Vega there behind you, that it was smaller, it could be used by people. 
say for example in an NFL game, American football game, somebody can run onto the pitch with it in the hand and give the player treatment on the pitch, and he just couldn't get his head around it. And there was so many pieces of the pie here, including the salespeople have to sell like ten of the small devices in order to get the same commission as the big device. And I often think about those kind of challenges because you'll be dealing with incumbents with your product who will be naysaying it, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sure you've had those kind of challenges as well. It absolutely mirrors our experience over time. You know, the uh, idea of using electricity uh, to treat diseases and improve wellness and health um, is not really new, but the way that we did it was really new. And, um, you know, at, at this point, we're really got a major focus with our True Vega product on enhancing wellness, uh, improving anxiety, improving sleep disorders. All of these are things that are so important for people's longevity and life experiences. Um, we now have a device that we can just get into the hands of people without having to deal with all of those insurance issues through our True Vega product. We can now get something that people can use um, as they need. Uh, so a little bit different strategy than what we started with. One of the concerns I suppose I'd have, and I'd, lo I'd love you to address it, is people are thinking, oh, electricity, and there's damage there, or I could do damage myself, I could fry a nerve, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe we'll share a little bit about that to, to let people's mind be at ease. Yeah, no, um, I think electricity in the human system is a little bit like oxygen. Uh, you need oxygen to live, but if you get too much, it can be dangerous. Um, your body needs electricity. Your heart is pumping because of an electrical pattern. Your brain is functioning because of electricity coursing through your body. If you hook up an electrocardiogram or an EEG, those are measurements of electrical activity. And what we're trying to do is use electricity like oxygen to optimize your body's overall function. And so what we're doing here is we're finding the areas and targets that we can apply a very specific frequency. Just like Einstein said close to 100 years ago, it is a very, very specific frequency that is act placed upon the nerve that doesn't hurt, as you know, it doesn't hurt when it goes through the skin. It's a very comfortable feeling, and it is targeting a nerve very specifically with a set frequency. If we were to use the wrong frequencies or too much of it, you're right, you could actually uh, uh, create a problem. Uh, and I'd seen problems occur in my clinical practice with the use of electricity that's gone awry. People can get burns, et cetera. But this device has been created such that it really can't create those kinds of problems. Uh, it's been used, um, I would say, probably a billion times now over, over time in terms of the number of patients and the frequency that people are using it. It's a very, very uh, safe approach to use electricity in optimizing your body. When, when I played sports, when I played professional sport, the physiotherapist used to use the TENS machine and, and people who have experienced pregnancy may have known about that, also a pain relief. So that's what it made me think of. And I just wanted to kind of tie, tie a, a little thread to that. But also then you mentioned the important aspect of frequency. And I'd love you to share the importance of frequency because this is one of the things that I'm absolutely fascinated by this device and Later on, we'll talk to, about a product called Soak, which is also about frequencies and how frequencies 
can stimulate different thinking in the brain, the way the brain actually reacts, the way actually the entire organism reacts as well. Because that part of frequency, again, Einstein, Tesla, these guys started to talk about this towards the end of their careers. And they started going, you've got to think about the universe more in frequency than it is a more Newtonian world, a more energetic world. We know that various frequencies activate different nerves differently. So, so for example, um, in a former life, when I was implanting electrodes on, on people's peripheral nerves and in their spine, uh, I could turn on a frequency that would make a motor make your hand jump. I could turn on a frequency that would create a buzzing sensation. I can turn on a frequency that relieves pain and so forth. Within the neck and within the vagus nerve, there are certain frequencies that have been shown to be effective and some that haven't been shown to be effective. We have really meticulously mapped this out early on in our in our studies. And, you know, look, there are people who are coming out and saying that they are a vagus nerve stimulator, but have not done the extensive research. So what I would say with those therapies are buyer beware because they may work, but then again, we don't know what frequencies and what energies they're using the way that we've actually studied this over the last 20 years. Maybe just to tie one more link, because I read extensively in the past about rife signals and work like Schumann resonance, those type of things. Because again, I, I do think that if we just don't have the right lenses to be able to see energy, we feel it off people. We feel different kind of vibes off people, et cetera, et cetera. But everybody, everything is really emitting some type of signal. Well, look, I mean, I, I think, you know, some of the things that I think about are, um, you know, our devices have been biohacked, uh, so to speak, or hacked by the United States government looking to identify frequencies to optimize your ability to think and learn and perform and decrease fatigue. And what they have come back with is the frequency that we found originally actually is the best frequency for some of these other areas that are, you know, so fascinating. Um, I, I, as you know, I was a uh, physician. And if you think about the number of facts that I had to learn in medical school, it was just kind of an astounding number. But had I had my little True Vega device back then, we could actually learn a new language 20 25% faster. We're using the right frequencies to optimize the laying down of acetylcholine and norepinephrine in various specific parts of the brain. So, um, uh, you know, frequency, frequency matters. You've mentioned, for example, the nut allergies. You've mentioned the hacking from a, from a, a cognitive perspective. But maybe let's share as a final message the, the physical benefits of this device, maybe even from an anxiety and those type of things as well. So what, what can we hope to achieve? I'm going to use myself as a guinea pig. I have to tell you, I'm going to see how I go with this device in 2024 and I'll report back at the end of 2024, hopefully with good news. Uh, you know, the vagus nerve is so critically important to so many different um, bodily organ systems. And Truvega is really designed to help people with anxiety, which is an epidemic across our our, our, our societies um, help with sleep, which has been shown to be so important in improving longevity. Um, we have information about headaches. We have information about asthma. We have information about COVID and long COVID. 
We have information about Parkinson's disease and post-traumatic stress disorder um, and abdominal problems, abdominal pains and inflammation and rheumatoid arthritis. The list really goes on about how important the vagus nerve is. And part of that is what we're doing is we're optimizing your body's own rest, relaxation, and recovery. Really critical importance for life and life expectancy. Where is the best place for people to find you to find out more about Truvega and find the device itself? Well, if you go to truvega.com, you'll find lots of information about Truvega and how to acquire it. And if you want to hear more about the science of it, one can go to electrocore.com. And if you want to uh, learn more about kind of broad interest in the vagus nerve, go to vnsociety.org. It is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping understand the impact of what the vagus nerve does on health and wellness. Peter Stotz, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. It's a true pleasure and honor. So next on the Innovation Show, as part of this New Year's episode, I wanted to introduce some products I'm using for 2024. And I've been using this product already for the last couple of weeks, and I do find it great. We are joined by the co-founder of this company that produced this product, Henry Phoenix. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So glad to be here. It's great to be with you. And I've hijacked you a little bit away, just away from the product to talk about entrepreneurship first because so many of our audience are entrepreneurs so let's start with something you mentioned there just off air which is this great quote by wayne gretzky he always said i i never skate to where the the pot's been but i skate to where it's going and i think if you can do that in life and in business you know sometimes you hit it right on the nose sometimes you may be a little ahead of the curve but at least you're out there on that cutting leading bleeding edge where great things happen. If, if I weren't an entrepreneur, we wouldn't be talking right now and wouldn't be able to, to use these sound frequencies for a ton of positive outcomes that we're getting right now. One of the things you mentioned there is you can skate to where the puck is going and you're waiting for everybody to arrive. You're kind of going, where are they? They should be here by now, which can be very frustrating for a lot of entrepreneurs. They are right, but just through a sequence of events or changes in the marketplace or global events like a war, for example, things don't happen their way. How do you maintain the resilience to wait there and wait long enough for people to catch up? You can have the, the right product, but it may be the wrong timing or it may be the right timing with the wrong product. I'd rather have the first uh, problem. Um, but uh, but it, get, it gets very lonely uh, sometimes when you're out there on that leading, bleeding edge, especially if you've tried it, tested it, you know the results. And you're thinking, why isn't the world following this? Why doesn't the world try it? And and I think probably uh, one of my biggest pieces of advice, number one is never give up. The only way you can fail is to give up. Just like in anything else, you you tweak it, you change it, you you, you remain pliable and, and moldable so that it may not go exactly what your blueprints say, but you will get there. Um, I, I, I use an example in a book that I wrote that, you know, you, you have pilots who take off in their airplanes and maybe they're taking off from, from Los Angeles and they're going to, to Maui uh, in Hawaii. And when they take off, you know, before they take off, they're analyzing the plane so much, they almost never take off. They're checking the tire gauge. They're, they're you know, they're gauging the pressure. They're, they're doing all these pre-checks. And yes, you must do pre-checks, 
but some people almost get paralysis from analysis. They're checking it so much that it's never good enough just to take off. When it's only when you take off that you find out how your plane really flies, how how does it come against the winds? How does it, you know, uh, attack weather? How how does it fly? How does it glide? How does it climb? You're never going to know that until you really take off. So it's never going to be perfect. I, I would I would list these few things. Number one, it, it, come to come to the grips, come to the grips with yourself that it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be a hundred percent right. And even if you think it's going to be a hundred percent right, it's past all the testing. When that plane takes off. The market's going to hit you in the face and say, no, you need to do this and this and this. If you say, no, my studies say that it's perfect, you're going to fail. Your plane's going to crash. But if, you, if you're moldable and, and pliable and change it up a little bit and make adjustments as you're flying, as you're flying your idea to its destination, you will ultimately land where you need to go. Like when a pilot takes off and gets airborne, He's never 100% on course. You're never 100 You've got winds. You've got the weight. You've got gas that you're continuously using on the way to your destination. You're never 100% on course. But if you keep the end in mind and you back up and you're pliable on the way you get there, you will absolutely get there if you don't quit. One of the things, Henry, that comes up often on the show, we had a lady, Annie Duke, on the show, and she wrote a book called Quit, and it was about the bravery of quitting. And it's something I want to ask you as a serial entrepreneur is, those people who you know, or perhaps you have, sometimes quit an idea, even though you may have lots of sunk costs, you might have plowed some money into it, a lot of energy. Maybe you sat on the board for a business before, and you're like, oh, you know what, we need to kill this. The difficulty of that, and maybe you have some advice for some of our audience who are in that position who are like kind of going, am I three feet from gold or do I need to actually kill this? Yeah, I I probably, I'm, I'm not familiar with the book, but, but my take on that is I never quit an idea. I may quit the approach and tweak it. But if that idea, if I fully vetted that idea out and it's something that I know is going to better humanity or, or better something in someone else's life, I never give up on that idea. So if I've got an idea of helping people uh, sleep better at night, like our frequencies do, if I've got that idea, I will never give up on that idea. But if I take one, two, three, five, 10, 15 approaches to that idea, each may be a little different. And every time I make the adjustment, I get closer and closer and closer to delivering that idea right, right on the nose. Just like the pilot that takes off and lands exactly where he's 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 planned to uh, without quitting. And speaking of frequencies and speaking of making society better and humanity better, as I said to you, I'm a convert already. I'm a huge believer in frequencies. I play them when I'm studying. I play them when I'm reading. I play them when I'm sleeping as well. And where I kind of got converted was a long time ago when I started reading about the hidden messages of water. I started reading about studies that were done with sand. If you play frequencies to the sand, it starts to create different shapes, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe you'll give us a bit of an origin of your understanding of that and your history. And indeed, you've used these as part of SOAK. You know, in our testings and, and in our labs and in our sound labs, we'll, we'll test some of those uh, 
uh, and and I don't know the scientific names because I'm I'm not the scientist. I'm I'm the entrepreneur. So forgive me. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> Maybe so, but you're a scientist. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I enjoy my work. I enjoy you know having fun with people and and all of that. But but we would we would put sand on these plates and you play different musical tones, different frequencies, and the sand will actually begin to form these geometric patterns. And and when you're playing, uh, you know, ACDC uh versus uh classical music let's say they form very different patterns if if you're um um depending on what frequency you play it's amazing the beauty of these things that look like snowflakes and that are perfectly geometrically aligned and we took that science and that technology to use in our frequencies so that when you listen to our frequencies you're aligning at a cellular level similarly to what it does to sand on a plate. If you think about water even, or any organism or any organic matter, and you think about how a frequency can affect it or shape it, it makes perfect sense then that a negative frequency can actually negatively affect the cell. And then on the flip side, the positive frequency can positively affect it. And maybe you'll share a little bit about that. And it doesn't have to be in the science jargon. But maybe from a from a from a what the impact of this can be for the human organism. Well, we have a few sayings in our company, like "what you think about, you bring about," and uh, you know certain studies uh, of of people who put water in a container and spoke hate. I hate you. You're horrible. You're you know, we know that does things to the human body, but but to actually see it happen in water molecules where they get dark and just nasty looking versus the same jar that's set a few feet away from that and you speak love, I love you, you're great, <clears throat> you can accomplish anything, um, and, and then have these beautiful crystals appear with, with perfect geometric shapes, kind of like the sand. So that tells us, uh, to kind of go off the science path a little bit, that tells us that your frequency is what you think about frequently. So if you're frequently using self-talk, why am I even here? I'll never be that person. Well, I could never do that. I could, And sometimes it's not even your fault. Sometimes it's what your parents told you what your coach told you, what maybe one of your friends told you that was trying to one-up you, you know, you're never going to do this. You're never going to be that. You're, you know, you're, you're horrible. You're a bad boy. You're a bad girl. Those, those things have creative power. And when you hear them long enough, you start to become what you were spoke about. You start, start to become, um, you know, the end product of what was spoken to your life. So a way to get out of that is speaking positive things to yourself. Um, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, I can do anything I set my mind to. There is no mountain big enough for me not to scale. Uh, your previous question, when you said, have, have you ever quit something? When did you know when to pull the plug? I can honestly say I've never quit the idea but obviously, if there's businesses, you're you're out of money. There's nothing else to do. 
you can you can resource those things and still accomplish your goal without quitting. So I, it is so ingrained in my system. I can't even say quit. So <laughs> so, I told so I'll re yeah <laughs> yeah I, I gotta clear that up. That one's still hanging in the back of my mind. Uh, but but to get out of something a, a negative uh, uh, disposition, uh, low confidence, to get out of that, if you speak those things to yourself, uh, you look at yourself in the mirror, you. You speak those things. You have the self-talk. I can do anything. I'm I'm equipped for anything. I I can I can mold and be pliable to get to my goal no matter what. Now, when you speak that out loud, people are going to think you're a little bit nuts. <clears throat> but this is what you're doing. When that sound goes out, it goes out to create. When you hear it, there is no obstacle between what you said and you hearing. And what I mean by that is, if I tell you, hey man. I love that jacket you have on. You know that that color is just right. It really highlights your 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 complexion, and you're thinking, okay, cool. But why are you telling me this? Like, what's your angle? What are you trying to get from me? Now, when you say it yourself to yourself, you believe yourself. There is no angle. So when there is no angle, and you can speak it directly into the atmosphere and hear it, you receive it. And as long as you're speaking the right things and the, the positive affirmations, let's say, your body starts aligning with those and in and, 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 and priority, it cancels out the things that other people have said to you that were negative. Because you, you kind of doubted, you believed them enough to start becoming that person, but you had a little doubt. You know, there, there was a little, why are you saying this? At least you questioned it a little bit. And if you speak to yourself and have positive self-talk, it moves up in the priority list. Kind of like if you if you ever want to clean up your reputation online, uh, you start posting new things until the bad stuff goes out. You know what I mean? So if you start posting good things to yourself and speaking to yourself, it pushes the bad out. And in a very short time period, you're a brand new person. We had Bruce Lipton on the show before and Bruce Lipton... Talk about Bruce. You know, you know Bruce, and the whole idea of the Pygmalion effect versus the Gollum effect, like you were saying, the Gollum is this kind of play figure that was taught to, if if you thought bad enough about some, it would become this entity in itself, this energetic being. And he said, like that's what happens when you, when you, crap talk about yourself, you actually create this kind of internal kind of negative being for yourself. And this brings us to the next one. So, I when my kids were young. I learned about the whole idea of theta wave state when you're in that kind of sleepy, dreamy state just before sleep or just on the waking, that your conscious mind goes to sleep and you have access to the subconscious. So it always kind of just before my kids, when they're in that sleepy, dreamy state, tell them I love them, they're loved, the life is great, the universe is looking after them, all that, the world is a safe place to try and program them in some way. Which then brings us to the idea of frequencies, because if you're playing frequencies to yourself in that state, it can also have a dramatic effect. So maybe let's share a little bit behind the product, which is Soak, which is, is an app. We'll tell our audience a little bit about that as well. Over to you. What we did with Soak Technologies, two things. We bring positive affirmations to you twice a day. That's part of our app, um, because we believe what you think about, you bring about. What you think about frequently is your frequency. You can get out that negative self-talk and, and replace it with things that are positive. That's, that's one thing. The primary thing we do is provide the sound frequencies that will get you in those states 
And when you're, uh, say like you're getting ready to doze off, uh, it will bring you to that state where your body starts creating melatonin, uh, our sleep well frequency. We, and, and I just want to tell you a couple stats. We've done over 20 million minutes of sound frequency therapies in 133 countries. And our number one listen to frequency is the sleep well frequency. So it'll help your body start producing the melatonin so that when you do sleep, you know, certainly right before you go to sleep, it, it gets you. And then while you're sleeping, it aligns your cells so that you go into that deep REM sleep where physically your body starts repairing itself. So people who've had problems with anxiety, depression, all, you know, this list of things, a lot of times if they just get the right type of sleep, not even the amount, you know, do I have to sleep eight, nine, 10 hours? What's the magic number? There's not a magic number. It's the quality of sleep, not the quantity. So if you if you get five, six hours of good quality sleep, it's going to be like you've slept eight, nine, 10 hours, you know, otherwise. So, so that's something that is very important to us is how do you deliver this modality, which, which we deliver it by the mobile phone in a way that it slides right into people's everyday life. And instead of going to one of our clinics and, you know, spending a thousand bucks a month, you, you can get it right in the palm of your hand. You get the same efficacy, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I don't want to sound like a commercial, but but we're so excited about the breakthroughs we've had and the science we've used to get there to literally change people's self-image, change their life, affect their children's life by the way they interact with their children, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a wonderful time to be alive with science providing what it's providing today to bring you these modalities anywhere in the world 24-7. One of the things I always find with an entrepreneur is an entrepreneur, as you said, an entrepreneur's self-talk is very, very different than most people walking down the street. For whatever reason that is, whatever kind of planted that seed, maybe it was a parent, maybe it was actually to rebel against a parent, whatever. There's a lot of different case studies of that. Because most of us are nuts. <laughs> but actually, it depends on your definition of nuts. Yeah, right. My mother used to tell me everybody else is crazy and you're normal, eh? <laughs> so it depends. But actually, I mean, I think that's one of the things that an entrepreneur has a different narrative in their head. They believe in whatever they believe in, and that's driving them. That's driving them internally, which makes sense to me then why a product like this would appeal to you is that you want to democratize that and bring that to everybody and kind of go, I want everybody to feel better about themselves and release their full potential. I mean, that's why I don't normally do a show like this, but I wanted to do a show like this. I, I do believe in the whole frequency stuff. And it, th which is bringing me to this kind of final question is, I'm sure for you, you're a very successful multi-time entrepreneur and people will see this as mumbo jumbo. And I know they do because I've experienced that myself when I talk about it and people are kind of going, oh, here he goes. But that I think in time, they we will see actually, oh my God, we've had this sitting in front of us all our time. We could have been doing something about this. And there's loads of reasons why society wouldn't want that to happen. But maybe you have some advice to share for people who are struggling against that changing to a new paradigm. There, There's always going to be things coming against you without you even trying. So there, there are toxins in the air, there's radio frequencies in the air, there's 
you know, it, it, it's almost like life is set up that if you're not resilient, uh, it's going to affect you in a, in a, you know, in a very negative way. So what we have done is use that resiliency, um, as a catalyst. What, what can we put in your life that will help make you resilient, but we can't, it's not a magic pill either. Like, like for you to kind of make that decision that you are going to be an overcomer, you are going to achieve, you are everything you told your kid, like you're, uh, you're, you, you're really good. I don't even know you, <clears throat> but I can tell you're a great parent because you took the time to invest in something that will invest in your child that will make their life better. Everybody's going to come up against obstacles. I grew through obstacles. You grew through obstacles. You know, some of that makes you stronger. But if it if it hits you too long, too hard, it can really wear you down. And you need somebody to reach down and say, "Hey, man, hop up, try this." Yeah, you know, I I use in some of my uh, some of my speaking engagements that that the best Ferrari in the world uh, only runs on a tank of gas. And when you're out of gas, get to the gas station and fill it up. And use the best gas that you can find so you can run longer, harder, faster, stronger. And the best gas you can find are uh, positive books, positive relationships. You know, I love reading about other entrepreneurs who are successful. Um, probably the biggest impact, one of the biggest impacts is your, your circle of friends and who you hang out with. You know, uh, there's a lot of people that say, show me your circle of friends and I'll show you your future. So, and I don't mean this to come off negatively at all, but sometimes people don't belong in your life anymore. Uh, rockets are created with rocket boosters and those boosters are only to get you to a certain level in the atmosphere, but to go higher, they must come off. So a lot of times it's, looking at your circle of friends, looking at the people that, that are around you. Are they still with you? Are they climbing with you? Look at the books you're reading. Look at the input, the, the music you're listening to, the, the, the talk radio, the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and when you become aware of that, just becoming aware of it, you don't have to implement all these things overnight, but just becoming aware of those things and saying, oh, that's, that's probably negatively, negatively affecting my life. And, oh, that may be too. What if I made this little tweak? What if I just made one tweak this month and started receiving something positive in my life once a day? Like, what if I made this little tweak next month and watch the words that come out of my own mouth? What if I make this tweak in March of 2024 that, that I'm not going to say any negative self-talk to myself? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fast negative talking. You know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do a 30, you've heard of the, the, the liver cleanses, you heard of the, you know, juice fasts, you heard of all these things. Let's fast negativity. Let's fast negative talk. Just, just do a couple little tweaks. And as Bruce will tell you through epigenetics, we're a product of our environment. You can change your life. You can, and, and I get so passionate about it because I've done it. I, I haven't grown up easy. I grew up through a lot of negative things, a lot of abuse, a lot of, you know, Henry, you were just given life on a silver spoon. Well, if you have another hour podcast, I'll just scratch the surface on why that's not true. And, and how I started 
at less than zero, how we were the poor people that the poor people called poor. We had poor people bringing us stuff, you know, like it, it was, it was a monumental struggle. And, and if I didn't have the self-talk, if I didn't have a mother and a father that, that loved me and spoke that into my life, like you are with your kids, uh, my relationship with my creator is very big to me. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be where I am today. You add all those things together and your life changes for the better. Well, you remind me of a quote by Abraham Maslow. He said, for what's necessary for someone to change themselves is to first become aware of themselves. And it's that awareness of what am I saying to myself? What is my self-talk? What are people around me saying? Your friends. And like you said, sometimes the people you expect to support you the most are the biggest detractors. They're the ones keeping you back as well. And, and that's the bravery of departing. If you go into new gravity, you got to cut away from the old one. So I love that, man. You're going to get me going here. <laughs> I don't for man. The end. But let me say this. If somebody comes against you, and, and since you have a lot of entrepreneurs on here, if somebody comes against your idea, even your parents, my mom loves me more than it. I can do no wrong in her eyes. But there was a couple of times that she said, are you sure about that? Like, I don't really see that. And I can't get mad at my parents because they usually want the best for you. But even if your parents come against your idea, that's okay. You know why? Because it wasn't their idea. You were given something when you had that idea. Everything starts in your imagination. To imagine a nation. Everything starts in your imagination. When you, when you get it and you've downloaded that from, I believe, your creator, you've also been given everything to accomplish that. Now, you go along life, you implement these things to accomplish that, and you get people coming against you. It's because they didn't have the revelation you had. They didn't have that, that desire that, that was put in their part. They didn't have that passion to, to forge ahead and get this done. So it's okay. I, I have no problem with people coming against me. In fact, used correctly, it will help you hone your service or hone your product even more. Like, give me all the reasons you hate this and listen to my feedback. You know, like, like that's actually a positive thing. My point is, anybody that comes against you, a coach, a parent, a spouse, anybody, it's okay if they come against you. Use it to hone your, hone your product or service better and know that it's, it's okay secondarily because it wasn't their dream. It wasn't their passion. It wasn't their desire. It's yours. So go out and make it happen. Nice, man. I, I have this saying I talk about in my book is, when you, when you meet that type of resistance, see it as a milestone, not a millstone. So use it, yeah, use it as a foundation. So Henry, last question is, where can people find you, find out more about the product, download the product, et cetera? We're actually coming out with our new app in January, but if you get our app now, try it out. Uh, here in a couple of weeks, you'll see our new app that has uh, bio, we'll read biometric data from Apple Watches, Fitbit Watches to, to provide the frequency you need. Uh, we've got AI machine learning in it. I mean, we, I'm so excited that, that my team has come up with such a, an amazing app. But if, if they want to use it for 30 days free, if anybody listening right now wants to use our app, we, we normally give a seven-day free trial. But if they put in the code TIS for The Innovation Show, 
TIS30 will give you 30 days. And if you get it now, that will put you into our launch in January where all you do is update your app and you'll get all the new features, all the new qualities, listen to the the frequency programs, use our AI, use our biometrics. I mean, uh, get the positive affirmations every day to help with self-talk. Uh, all that's included uh, for you and your audience. Beautiful. I appreciate that, man. That That's uh, a nice gift for the new year and that will help people with their new year's resolutions as well. It's been a, an absolute pleasure talking to you, Henry. Co-founder of Soak Technologies, Henry Phoenix, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. You've been a wonderful host. This is this has really been awesome. Third device I'm testing out and using myself as a human guinea pig for, and, and it's not needed, by the way. These are devices that are extremely well-tested, extremely successful for a huge amount of people, is one to do with digestive health. Digestive health affects a huge amount of the population. Many of you who are viewers and listeners of this show will experience it. I do myself affects my skin. And as a result, I it's just a pain. And I'm hoping that this device will actually be able to sort me out. And we're joined by the founder of that device called Food Marble, Angus Short. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Aiden. Great to be with you. I, I've been meaning to try this for a long time and I'm going to kick into January. It's always a great way to start doing these things. But let's get started about how you came up upon this device, what type of struggles you had experienced in your life that inspired you to go and create this. Yeah, so Aiden, it was actually my my wife. Um, she was having a really tough time with her digestion. And I'm coming from an engineering background and I, I just kind of was trying to see is there anything out there that could help her. Um, I came across breath analysis as a technology. Um, I could see it was being used in research, it was being used in the clinical context. And so what was interesting about that is it was being used in terms of understanding how people are digesting food. And, um, you know, for for my wife, uh, it was clear that the digestive issues she was experiencing related to food. And so I thought, okay, like, is this something she could use? I went to see, is it available? It, and it wasn't really, it's not like that easy to get hold of. So I actually went and made a prototype for using with one person. You could, you know, you could, you could get some insights. Like it's really interesting. The first time we used it, um, like she would eat something and, and then we'd start measuring her breath to see how it was, how it was digesting. And she found it very useful. And I thought if you could actually take this technology, reduce it down into a smaller form factor, pair it up with a smartphone app, just make it really user-friendly, really accessible. This could help a ton of people. And I'm hoping it's going to help me, me as well. So let, let's tell our audience how, how it works. I'm, I'm holding up for those people who are, who are watching us. And I just, I just want to say as well, and I said that I'd say this to Angus, I'm not paid by Angus. I'm not a, an influencer. I'm not anyway trying to sell this device. I am just going to be a guinea pig and try it on myself. I've tried so much that many things with dermatologists, etc. So I'm hoping that this will solve the problem. But over to you to tell us how does it work? You're breathing in here into the device and the breath will go through the canal. We've got a bunch of sensors in here and they're going to be measuring essentially like the certain molecules that are produced in your gut when the food you eat isn't fully digested. That's stuff like hydrogen and methane. These are colorless, odorless, 
they're being produced by your gut bacteria and the different microbes in your gut. If you're not able to break down the food with the enzymes and everything else in your gut, basically the microbes, they'll break it down instead. In doing so, they'll produce these gases. And the thing is, the gases can build up and, and trigger digestive symptoms. But the funny thing is, like you mentioned dermatology, like these issues can manifest themselves in many ways. So you'll see where people start to get inflammation. One of the most common symptoms that people record in our platform is fatigue. Things like brain fog and just like people feel to this feel not quite themselves. They can use it during the day and, and measure how they're responding to the food they eat. They can also do very specific tests. When we ship somebody out the device, usually they'll get kind of, um, there's like a food intolerance kit, which has like some of these like really common food ingredients. Like I told, it, it's visible on the screen, but you've got like lactose, fructose, sorbitol, inulin. And like, these are some of the most common hard to digest ingredients that people will have in different foods. And so you can test with those. I will give advice on, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean about what you should eat and how you, you could adjust your diet? And so it's really about helping people understand, okay, like what's happening inside my gut when I eat food and how could that be like causing symptoms or, or just disruption to my life? A lot of people suffer from, you were mentioned there about microbes and how if, say for example, I don't digest well or I'm eating the wrong foods, the microbes get out of control. So that it's good to have microbes, it's good to have good bacteria, but in a way you create this imbalance and they take over and then you can create all kinds of problems. There was a colleague of mine, in, a sports colleague before, and he had really, really bad joint pain and he had skin conditions and he discovered actually he had parasites and something had happened along the way where it went out of control for him. Maybe we'll share that because I'm, some, I'm sure that's something you see all the time. Absolutely. So, you know, we each of us has about two kilograms of like, you know, bacteria, all of the kind of, all of that sort of those simple life forms like bacteria and, you know, um, all the, like you've got different things like archaea and different fungal life in, in the gut, but it's like two kilograms of that inside our gut. And like that is a big part to play in our immune system, you know, obviously how we digest food, um, you know, and, and like all of this stuff around, um, like if we, if, if we're, if we like, don't get enough nutrition, that can actually help rebalance. So if you don't get enough B vitamins in your diet, your like your, your good gut, gut bacteria will actually be able to start producing those. So there's all sorts of like really powerful, important functions that your gut microbes are doing, but there's also certain types of microbes in certain situations will start doing things that are not beneficial to you. And, and sometimes you're just in the wrong place. So one of the most common uses of our devices, it's an issue where, you know, your microbes end up kind of in, in the small intestine. So just after, the, after the stomach. So like the whole thing with digestion is the stomach supposed to sterilize the food, then it gets through to the small intestine and that's where you get absorption of your nutrients. And then it gets to the large intestine, which has like, that's where you get that two kilograms of microbe, like they live there. And they will process the food further and, you know, they'll extract more nutrients and so on. But you don't want to have much in the small intestine. That's supposed to be pretty much sterile. And if it's not, stuff can go wrong. And, uh, but the, the cool thing is, you know, you can measure what's happening in that respect using a device like ours. So like 
you know, this is really the first time, like breath analysis has existed, but this has been like, you know, bench top devices in a lab or, or, you know, in a hospital. So we're making it possible where people can do this sort of testing themselves at all. My unboxing experience, right? I get out the box, I get out the device, et cetera, et cetera. But in, in there, there's a kit and the kit includes, as you mentioned, there's fructose, there's inulin in there, there's sorbitol, et cetera, lactose as well. And I'll, I'll go through a process with them. Maybe we'll share just an overview of, of what happens and what to expect. The Apple asked people, okay, for the first week, just do what you normally do, you know, quarter to ease or quarter any symptoms you experience, take breath reading, like kind of just regular breath readings throughout the day. And you know, you can record stuff like sleep and stress as well. And, and then in the second week, we'll help you cut out certain types of foods that kind of they, you know, they're very fermentable. And so they'll almost, you know, they can almost cause problems for people. So you cut back on those. Usually what will happen then is people's breath readings go down, their symptoms go down, you know, it kind of resets their gut effectively. And, uh, they're in a great place to actually go and test, to like do some of these tests. So then what the app will do is you'll ask people, you'll ask you, which of these tests would you like to try? And it'll explain, you know, like fructose is in fruits and I'll explain what fruits it's in and what other foods it's in. We'll go through all the different, um, all the different options. You'll pick one and then, you, you know, that'll, that'll be the start of your testing journey. Angus, for people who are interested, right, we'll, we'll find out where to find the device, et cetera. But you not only have this direct to consumer device that I have here, but also you work with physicians and doctors as well. We found from a pretty early stage that people were using our device and then they were going into their gastroenterologist, they're going into their doctor with results. And, uh, you know, some of those doctors contacted us and after a while we decided we're going to launch a medical device. We actually, this is, uh, in my hand here, I've got an FDA class one medical device. So we sell this in the US with, uh, via gastroenterologists and it's also using research. So we do quite a bit of research with, uh, different academic institutions. That's a big part of what we're doing as well. For people who are looking at something like this, what's the range of use for it before then you go and you take action? And what do you do afterwards when you discover the results? Yeah. So after people go through testing, what, 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 you know, what we'll do is we've got a food library and we'll show them based on their results, you know, how compatible they are with different types of foods. And, uh, there's also a tool there where they can go, like if, if they're in a supermarket and they want to see, okay, is this food going to be okay for me? They can scan the barcode or they can, they can search for the food in the app and we'll give them a personalized, essentially a personalized score to see, you know, how compatible it is with me. But it's pretty complex. So we're trying to pull together all that information and just kind of give you really manageable, actionable information so you can make changes. Brilliant, man. Well, I'll let you know how I'm getting on. Founder of Food Marble, Angus Short, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Aiden.